0: Amen, amen. Hey, good morning, everybody. How you doing? Good morning. It's good to see you. I hope that you've enjoyed the easing into our summery months. It's such a beautiful time um, in Middle Tennessee. I don't know. I don't know. My name's Eric. I'm one of the pastors here. So glad that you've been with us this morning. Um, We want to let you know, if you might have needed a bulletin because you didn't get one, and you would like one, just go ahead and raise your hand right now. We have a couple ladies who want to just give that bulletin to you. So just keep your hand up for a second while I'm just gonna make a couple little quick announcements and they'll get a bulletin to you right now. So that was the case in point. We are looking for first impression guests, greeters, and ushers. And it's that simple to just help hand out some bulletins, be a smiling face, and we're trying to expand the team of first impressions and uh, guests and greeting. So if you would like to be a part of that ministry, you can serve maybe once a month. See me right at the end of service. I'll be right outside in the foyer at the Connect table. And then second, if you're new or been new with us for the past few months, we have what we call Discover. It's a Sunset Hills uh, church's meet and greet it's an hour long it's a lunch provided child care is provided as well we do these about every eight weeks or so so there's one coming up on june 11th you need to sign up with us so that we can account for your food um, so just see me again in the lobby or you can email me at eric at sunset hills Uh, Uh, bc.com and also you can um just uh get just more information those happen again in july and later in the in the fall so very excited that you're here with us let me kind of share with you a scripture that was on my heart when uh we started worship this morning and we'll continue in this way with more worship the psalmist he says in psalm 111 he says praise the lord i will give thanks to the lord with my whole heart I hope that's what you're being able to do is bring your whole heart before the Lord. In the company of the upright, in the congregation, great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. And in a service like ours this morning, we're going to get a chance to continue in praising the Lord, and we're going to get a chance to study his word, and we're going to get a chance to delight in his presence. And so let me just pray as we just continue to worship him. Jesus, thank you for this morning. All who are in attendance this morning in our service, may they be blessed because they not only have came, but they've encountered the living God. And that in that time here in our service, that they would be transformed and changed and then set out into the culture to bear witness of how great you are, to continue to praise you in your holiness and to continue to give you praise throughout their week lord thank you for sunset hills church and giving us opportunity to continue to proclaim just the the glory of god in christ jesus and that we would be worshiping in truth and in spirit this morning and i ask all this in your name and god's people said <laughs>
1: Then on the third
2: reminder of a life spent in service. Service to country, service to people. Protecting God-given rights. Preserving freedoms. Thirteen folds. At each fold, we remember the friends and family left behind. The mothers and fathers, sisters and brothers. Sons and daughters left to pick up the pieces. Thirteen folds. And we remember the scriptures. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Each one loved greatly. We also remember that blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And today we pray, God be near those who need comfort. So draw close to those who mourn. Make your presence and appreciation known. Let this church be a safe place, a comforting place. And let us honor those who have given their lives in service to this country. 13 folds to signify a life given to service. Amen.
3: We have the ability to do what we do today because we have men and women who have defended our freedom. And we should be grateful for that. I know that some folks will say Happy Memorial Day, but this really is um, not, happy doesn't really seem to fit with that particular phrase. You can say Happy Labor Day, say Happy Thanksgiving, maybe Happy Christmas, but it just seems different. Maybe that happy memorial day doesn't seem to fit to me because we realize that in order for us to have a memorial day there was a sacrifice a sacrifice of life i want to talk about just a moment another sacrifice that was made of life And one of our own is able to enjoy or will be able to enjoy a life. We pray for a long life because someone else was able, was willing to give of themselves in order for Troy Mills to have a liver. And While we celebrate this gift that Troy received, we're also mindful that it costs someone. But it's also a reminder that we, if we're ever at that point where we are uh, have succumbed to death, a reminder to our families, I hope this is that you're willing to do this, that organ donation is an incredible gift to give to someone else. And while we are thankful for Troy. I talked with his mom this morning. He continues to make progress. Hopefully he he's already been moved into more of a, a step-down unit, still in ICU, but they had him up yesterday uh, sitting uh, two different times. Even the day after surgery had him up. Today they're going to try to get him up and walking. He continues to make progress. We want to continue to pray for that Progress, but we're grateful. Yeah. We're grateful for what he's been, has received in that gift. So continue to pray for Troy and for his family. And there's a way that you can donate, if you would like to, to that family because his medical expenses will continue on and on. Uh, You can donate and see Kelly. Kelly can give you a lot more information about that. If you have Facebook you can certainly do it that way as well. But this, um, they're trying to raise monies that will uh, continue to go with him throughout his lifetime because this will be a lifelong ordeal with him. If you'd like to contribute to that I encourage you to do so. Okay. Turn the lights up just a little bit more there please if you don't mind. Now let's, th- thank you for singing out this morning. Man, you were really with it, and, and I could hear you. That's great. I appreciate you really worshiping. Uh, when um, Eric was having some feedback or some problems with his microphone, he looked over at me, it was like giving some some kind of issue, and I was thinking, man, you're about to get electrocuted or something, what it sounded like, and when he looked at me, I just kind of shook my hands real hard, I'm not doing it as hard, but when I was shaking my heart, I have a new watch, a new Apple watch, and, and, and when I was shaking my hands, it was alerting me, it was asking me, are you okay? So I'm not going to shake my hands very much because it was, I think, about sent a signal that I needed medical attention or something. I don't know. So if EMT shows up at the back door, you can just, he's fine, just go on, everything's good. Um, I have had a lot of folks sending me suggestions on um, these three words. I'm really grateful for these three words. Some of one, though, I've... Well, let me just tell you about it, and you can make your own mind up about it. um, I I had a husband come and tell me uh, this week that uh, his wife, and I'm not going to mention who it was, uh, but his wife had a suggestion for me on three words, and it was, cut it short. (laughs) The guilty party is here this morning. My response to that is, it's not in the Bible. <laughs> I will try to cut it short by at least two minutes this morning, okay? And give you a gift. Three words, three words we've been talking about. Let me ask you a question. Who is easier to love? I'm talking about all the people that you're involved with, your family, your friends, your coworkers, your acquaintances your enemies who is it that's easiest to love you may have already thought about some folks and kind of pictured that person though those people in your minds uh l- let me ask you ask it a different way who is hardest to love Did that change it any at all who is hardest to love? I'm sure there are going to be different answers depending on your own personal experience. Some might say family is harder to love than friends, while others may say that friends are much easier to love than family. I, I, I don't know. We, we, while we all have people in our lives that are probably very difficult to love, Jesus tells us that no matter how difficult it is to love people, we're to love them, family, friends, co-workers, even our enemies. Jesus tells us we're to love them. I think we often kind of gloss over that. When I ask the question, "Is who is easiest to love?" you may start coming up with a whole lot of different kind of uh, folks in your mind. But I think really, when you start to think about how this this uh, chapter in First Corinthians we've been studying how it plays out of what love looks like maybe that answers to those two questions is not all that easy might even change how we might answer that question at the end of the sermon let's see but jesus tells us this love the lord your god with all your passion all your prayer and intelligence this is the most important of the first on any list. And he goes on. But there is a second commandment in other scriptures to set alongside it. Love others as well as you love yourself. Is your answer already beginning to change with that standard that's set? Are you loving other people, the people that are easiest to love, or even the hardest to love? Are you loving them the way that you love yourself, as Jesus tells us to? Love them like you love yourself. These are two commands. are pegs, everything in God's law and the prophets hangs on them. Jesus said, everything else that follows, this is the foundation. This is how you're to love. And then Paul comes along and he describes what this kind of love looks like. It's called agape love. We talked about this last week. Agape is the deepest form of love that mimics the kind of love that God has for us. It's the noblest word for love in the Greek language. Agape is applied only to people. It calls out of one's heart by precious esteem and respect. For the one that's loved. It's a a powerful uh, word or desire for the well being of another person, self sacrificing, Uh, unconditional, the most pure, purest form of affection. What does unconditional mean? Without conditions. We will love even when there is no feeling of well-being, no attraction, or acceptance offered in return. That's the definition of love. It's active. And it's a decision that we offer ourselves to others... Everything about unconditional love becomes positive. When we love someone unconditionally, they are the beneficiary of grace and mercy, patience, and forgiveness. It's the kind of love that closely resembles the love of God, of how He lavishes, one of my favorite words that describes the love that God has for us, how He lavishes us in His love, in His grace, His mercy, His patience, and forgiveness. If you were here last week, you heard me say that quite often the verses that we studied that we're going to look at more in depth this week are are used in wedding ceremonies quite often I've used them myself in the weddings that I performed and while they're a great description of what love should look like for married couples the kind of love is not this kind of love is not exclusive just to married couples In fact, if if married couples would do this kind of love better, we might have a better example set for our culture. If churches would do this kind of love better, we certainly would have a greater impact upon culture than what we presently do. It's the kind of love that Paul lays out in Corinthians, the kind of love that, that he says we're to apply to everyone. So what he does, he tells us what love looks like. And so I go back to the suggestion that was made on um, the three words by Stephanie Dietz who said, love is patient, and that's the first definition, love is patient. It's how God describes or begins describing what love looks like. Here's a, another version of it, another uh, a version of the Bible says, Love suffers long. The Greek word in the passage is a compound word made up of two different words that literally translates, says long and, now you might be surprised at this, wrath or anger. The Greek word is intended to imply that it takes a lot to make a person angry. That's what love looks like. You have to drag them a long way down the road before they get mad. Is that how your love looks? They suffer a lot before they blow up. That is, love is slow to anger. This means that love takes time. This kind of love takes time to grow and mature, and we never stop growing in our love for others. Therefore, we need to be patient in this. We need to suffer through the the junk that comes through relationships because quite often, quite honestly, relationships are messy. So our love, if if we're still battling... Getting upset so easily, the same way that we used to do, say, a year ago, well, guess what? That's one of the people that's hard to love. You're not making progress as God wants you to make. There's a woman in a grocery store with a little three-year-old daughter riding in a grocery cart. You can picture this, can't you? As they passed by the Candy aisle. The little girl wanted some candy, but the mother said no, and the little girl started to cry. Can anybody identify with that? The mother said, Don't be upset, Janie. I know you don't like shopping, but we only have a few more aisles to go. The next aisle, there were some toys on it, and the little girl asked for a toy. And the mother again told her no, and the little girl started to throw a tantrum Again, the mother said, Don't be upset, Janie. Please try to be calm. There's only one aisle left to go. And when they finally got to the checkout stand, the little girl saw all the goodies they put out for the impulse-type items, and the little girl wanted a little plastic toy. And, but the mother again told her no, and the little girl started crying, and this time throwing a much more uh, intense tantrum. And again, the mother said, Janie, we'll be finished in less than five minutes. Just hang in there, and then you can go home and have a nice little nap. A man was standing nearby, and he overheard all the conversation and came up to the mother and said, Excuse me, but I seem to have been in the same aisles as you, and I heard you speak to your daughter, and I can't help but... Uh, be admiring of your patience with little Janie the mother replied oh oh no you've got it all wrong sir my daughter's name is Allison I'm Janie (laughs) it's long suffering if you've had a child like that you know maybe God placed that child in your life so you learn patience Paul, in his letter to the Ephesian church, talks about how this patient love acts. Ephesians 4, 2 says, Be humble and gentle. Be patient. Let me let that sink in a moment. Who's the hardest to love? In your family? It says, Be patient with each other. Oh, wait a minute, husband and wife. How about this one? Making allowance for each other's faults. Why? Because of your love. Patience is making allowance for another person's fault because of our love for them. It's lasting. And it's tolerant. Because you love someone at times, you have to tolerate difficult circumstances it's a type of love that has the ability to bear uh, objections time and time again Peter wrote he said this love covers over a multitude of sins another way of putting it is this love covers a multitude of irritances irritations love covers a multitude of annoyances love overlooks many things that otherwise would make us behave badly the reason that we struggle so much with patient love is because often it takes a long time for us to master this however is a type of love let's put it this way that God has for us is he patient with you is he tolerant with you do you do anything that irritates God over and over again and again if you can answer yes to any of those then God certainly loves you and continues to love you and in that way is how we're to love others because we're guilty of what aggravates us can you say amen to that You weren't saying amens, you were looking at your neighbor, were you? God patiently waits. and While He waits, if we will let Him, He empowers us with patience for others. And that's really what culture, that's really what our friends, that's really what our family... That's really what our enemies should expect from us who call ourselves Christians. Is that we are patient with them. We suffer long with them because we understand this is how God tolerates us. He's patient with us. So, love is patient. Here's another description that Paul gives love is kind. Kindness is caring for someone in very practical and in small details. Kindness is much more than just pretty thoughts or affection or good intentions. More so, kindness puts feet to goodwill. In other words, it's actions that we make toward other people. Compassion with a purpose. Somebody calling you? I called Siri. I'm doing all sorts of weird things up here. I don't even know how to handle that one. Be patient. (laughs) Maybe it's just time to go on home. I don't know. (laughs) Cut it short, Steve. Cut it short. I'm not done. (laughs) I was visiting with the Mills family with Troy the other night, just before he was to be taken down to have his new liver put in. A lot of folks were coming by his room, one particular doctor, a hematologist, who has been following him for a good while, came by his room in intensive care and standing there talking. Now I was just listening. Several members of the family were there. And they were just talking about how everyone was clamoring to be Troy's caregiver. All the nurses wanted to take care of Troy. This particular doctor said, You cannot believe what kind of inspiration this young man has been to all of us who work in this hospital. You know why he's been able to do that? It wasn't something that just developed over a short period of time. It wasn't. (laughs) He had a t-shirt on that he put on just before the doctors came in. He had drawn on this t-shirt here. Put liver here (laughs) for the doctors. He had won them over with his kindness. He's put it into action. This is Troy's lifestyle. If you want to look for someone, to someone, who puts kindness in action, which produces love, look to someone like Troy Mills. Paul again speaks to the church's Ephesus and said, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God and Christ forgave you. Do you see how all of this keeps pointing back into how we respond to others is the way that God responds to us? So that person who is the easiest to love or that person who is the hardest to love, you should be responding to that, those people, if they're two different people, the same way that Paul describes, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. It means that we care about others, and we forgive them as God forgave us. So kindness means to act toward others like God acts to us, toward us. That's what Paul says is real good-looking love. This being Memorial Day weekend, I'm sure a lot of folks will be grilling some food this weekend. One a good illustration that I found of what real love looks like is it, it talks about what fake food, plastic food, compared to real food. Sometimes you, I don't know about you, but I have been fool, fooled by fake food, plastic food. You know, something that really looks real, but it's not. And let's say you look at a barbecue grill and there's a the steak on it. And it's so, looking so real, you can't quite tell whether or not it's real. But there's a sure way of finding out whether it's real or not. One way to test it is to light the grill up and start grilling the steak. If it's a real steak, guess what's going to happen? It's going to start to sizzle and most likely it's going to start giving off a really pleasant aroma if you're a steak lover. You're just kind of thinking, wow, this is going to be really good to sink my teeth in. And juices begin to start running off the steak and, and it starts turning this golden uh, brown color and your your stomach maybe is growling. You can't wait because you're anticipating what this great steak is going to look like. and And... and <clears throat> if you when you pull it off and you take it in to cut it off open you're going to see that just the outside of was a little brown but the inside was this really pink looking steak that's when it's really good okay all you people like it brown all the way you don't know how to eat steak that's just all awesome. us okay i'm amazed at what i'm getting amens about it this morning on the other side of that, if the steak is plastic, if it's not real, if it's fake, what's going to happen? It's not going to sizzle well. It's going to sizzle, but it's going to just melt away. The plastic will sizzle and still a, instead of being a, a play, pleasing aroma, it's, it's going to start giving off toxic fumes. Might even make you sick if you stand there and breathe in those fumes. And rather than looking a little bit brown with a little bit of red inside, it's just going to kind of going to be all this this black lump of burnt plastic. It's the difference between real love, like the love of God, like we're told to love others, and fake love when the heat gets turned up, when things get ugly when it gets hard, when self-defined plastic love gets ugly, what kind of love do you have? Real love turns into something that is very pleasing and delicious. Paul goes on, he says, what love isn't. He tells us what love is, but then he says, What love isn't? In 1 Corinthians 13 4, it says, love does not envy and love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. A-, a way to sum it up is love isn't showy. The showy, this kind of love that he says that is not, is really about insecurity. If we're secure in our love, we don't have to envy what others have or boast about what we have. The important issue in any relationship is being secure... Because the slightest little insecurity pushes a relationship apart. This is why God is so clear about how secure we are in His love once we come into a personal relationship with Christ Jesus. Listen to how secure it is as, he, as Paul was writing to the church at Rome. For I am persuaded... This is a great verse. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities... Nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing. Watch this. This is how secure we are. Shall be able to separate us from a love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. That's how secure we are. Nothing can separate us from that love. Here's another thing love isn't. Love isn't selfish. Watch this. Love does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Some thoughts here. Rudeness is a sign of selfishness. And that we can be selfish in words that we use or actions that we take towards other people. Self-seeking is also a sign of selfishness. We can be selfish in plans we make, not considering the needs of others. Another way of saying that is love yields. I get criticized from this. I still haven't quite figured it out. But I think it's a pretty good saying. I've been told otherwise, I'll let you judge for it. Quite often, Lynn will say, do you want to go with me somewhere? And I will say, no, I don't want to, but I will because it's you I will go with. I have yet to figure out what's the problem with that. I'm yielding to her wishes. Believe me, that's love speaking i really don't want to do what she wants to do sometimes it thinks no evil another way of saying that it keeps no record of wrong against another person do you know people or are you one of those kind of people that keeps a checklist of things that happened in the past and you keep bringing it up over and over it might have happened 20 years ago But it just keeps being there, and you just keep bringing it up. Well, that's not love. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love changes the way that we use our words, the way that we make our plans, the the way that we allow for other people's stinking attitudes to be in how we respond to them. Love does all that. And then he goes on to say, Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. In short, love does not delight in evil. Another way of saying that is, you don't just go around and say, "Uh Uh-huh, finally you get your due. Like taking revenge, or you're glad that something bad has happened because of, how they've treated you, does not celebrate wicked acts or immoral conduct or practice uh, practice uh, uh, that are perpetrated against other people, They're things that are harmful or offensive to society, and especially to God. We don't celebrate that if we truly love, but enjoys the truth, when a love of God is alive in your hearts and the injustice and the wickedness do not overcome you. And then here's something else that Paul says Love doesn't quit. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Let me read that one again. Love bears all things. Love bears believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails, doesn't quit. It's a pretty good description of what love looks like, isn't it? Some might say, well, sounds great, but that's impossible to accomplish Because the power of love like that isn't within us. You know what? You'd be right if you say that. You cannot do that kind of love in your own power. But what you can do is rely on the Holy Spirit to work in your life to allow you to love that way. That's the only way we can do it. And that starts with a loving relationship with God Himself. To love others the way that He loves us starts with that relationship that we have with Him. Knowing God loves us with an unconditional love. Why, if we, if we just let that sink in and let that be the example of how much He loves us, despicable me and surely we can turn around and love others that way Paul tells us that we'll receive a reward when we do watch this and let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall shall reap if we do not lose heart there's a promise there Be consistent. Keep going. Keep doing it. You will reap. Don't quit. Be patient in your kindness toward others that are easy to love and those that are hard to love. I like the way I'll use this scripture and then I'll pretty much be done. In Colossians chapter 3, we see another... Description that Paul uses when he's writing to the church at Colossae. And he includes everyone. So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. Be even-tempered. Content with second place. Quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the Master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other and step with each other, none of this going off and doing your own thing, and cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense and sing. Sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives, your words, your actions whatever be done in the name of the master Jesus thanking God the Father every step of the way he say take a look at intended actions and whatever they are how we love other people make sure it always points back to Jesus And that's how we're capable of loving even the hardest people to love. You know how we're able to do that? It goes back to a point that I made last week. Love is a gift that God has given to us. And I go back to the scripture that was used in the video about Memorial Day. Used in a different context that Jesus said it this way. Greater love has no one than this. To lay down one's life for one's friends. You know how we're able to love others that are hard? is to appreciate the greatest gift that God's ever given to us. And His name was Jesus. He bore all of our sins... All of our transgressions. It was love that carried him to the cross. It was love that was had the power to create a resurrected, beaten, broken, and beaten body. Loved kind of love that picked us up out of our sinful states and transformed us from death to life. That love is Jesus, and His gift is available and free to all who choose. It is the greatest love of all. Would you bow your heads in prayer, please? The Apostle Paul, Father, has given us an incredible challenge we know that this challenge really comes from you as you inspired him to write these words to teach us what love is, how it was demonstrated through your gift of Jesus Christ, and how that should motivate us to change our actions toward others. to those who, part of our family, part of our friend circle, those that we're in contact with, those that is not too hard to love. But then, Father, that motivates us to go much farther and deeper to love those who are unlovable, as you have done, to love those who have Sinned against us as we have sinned against you, yet you still loved us and showed us how your love was demonstrated. Father, I pray that this these scriptures would challenge us to really take a look at how we're showing love to others and love them more deeply. more honestly. Thank you for loving us. maybe you're here this morning and you're still searching for that love that need to find fulfillment in that begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ to love God be have that love lavished all over you and the demonstration and how he did it with giving him the gift of his son if you've never experienced that then this morning a great time to do it to realize that Jesus did give his life it cost him in order to save you from your sins I invite you to do that this morning. You say, well, I don't, I don't quite understand it all. Just, I, I, I tell you, just come and see me, and we'll set up a time to talk about it. Well, you could do it after service if you want to, you could do it right now. Just surrender your life and say, I want to take that step. Maybe there's someone in your life that you're having a hard time loving right now. Now's a great time just to say, Lord, I struggle with it. Help me. Help me show this kind of love that Paul describes. You've got some business to do with God today. In a moment as we stand and as the worship team sings, then maybe you want to come t- to this altar and settle it. I encourage you to do so. Would you stand in as you sing?
4: Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. calling. Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy. From the ashes a new life is born. Jesus is calling.
3: an altar doesn't have to be a place in front of a building. An altar can be a place where we come before you and offer our praise and give our thanks to say you're a God who loves us To, to, to declare your glory your love and your mercy your grace that covers our sins That we in turn be so grateful that it causes us to, to share incredible love with others. So, as we celebrate this time of Memorial Day and we remember so many that gave sacrificially to protect our freedoms. May we just take some time to pause and say thank you for giving Jesus Christ, who frees us from sin and gives us eternal hope and life with you through eternity. We're grateful. In Jesus' name we we pray. And the church says, may be seated amen hey
1: we have some uh, exciting things coming up this coming week uh, we've been talking a lot about it but this coming week is vbs the very best summer and uh, i'm super excited and i know a lot of you are too um, if you haven't signed up um, i promise you that we can still use some additional auxiliary help so uh, feel free to uh, come on and be a part of it 6 30 8 15 um, each evening june 4th through the 7th uh, this building is going to be filled with uh, singing kids and just uh, really, really um, a great time. It's a good opportunity for us to um, model this kind of love that Pastor Steve talked about this morning. And uh, so we're super excited about that. Uh, And then coming up that next week, um, we have about 28 students. They're gonna be heading to summer camp. And uh, so we're super stoked about that. And um, our students are, um, they're, they're getting to that point. They're asking lots of questions about packing and all those things so I can I can tell they're excited but uh, it's going to be a great summer this is just the beginning uh, we also have uh, some church-wide fellowships uh, that we'll be sharing with you as well um, as the summer goes on I saw one on um, social media coming up on do I have a slide on that is there a slide on that Lynn okay it's a groove a groovy summer um, and I'm, I'm not drawing I'm drawing a blank on the date. can you help me with it
3: no, I'm not groovy.
1: Okay. okay. Summer. I'm
3: not, I'm not grooving with you. Uh,
1: what's the date? I don't know. What's the date? It's the 25th. Thank you, Lynn. Lynn.
3: She always has to come to our rescue. <laughs> I
1: appreciate it. The 25th. It's going to be a great day. We're going to have food here. It's going to be right after service, and uh, we'll have activities for the family, for the whole family, music, and all those things. It's going to be a wonderful time. So uh, just be on the lookout for all these activities coming up this summer. And uh, we appreciate your support and all those that we do. So.
3: Yep. I want to recognize someone who has shown a lot of love through the years to students in her classes. She has taught, I think, maybe in the same place for how many years? 31 years. Melissa Powell, would you please stand? Melissa. <laughs> she taught physical education at Walter Hill Elementary School for 31 years and uh, she is retiring has retired this was her last year and so we're grateful for all the impact you've had on kids through the years and for the work that you've done and congratulations and uh, um, we have uh, yeah yeah Teresa Justice I was about to uh, talk about that too Teresa would you stand uh, she's not quite retired yet, but she's got about another month or so. How many years have you been at Knowlesville Elementary? 27 years that she's been. And she's retiring at the end of, I think, June or thereabouts. And uh, so she has served faithfully. She was at the school when we were meeting there um, with uh, our church services before we came to the building here and got to know Teresa through that way and she and Lewis eventually and their daughter Leanne and Andrew came to our church to become part of our church so we're grateful for that. A lot of folks retiring and we're, hey, we're happy that you are, get another uh, chapter in life now to do some more things, okay? The best is
1: yet to come, right?
3: Best is yet to come, Here we go. Stand with me as we close in prayer.
1: Thank you for being here this morning. Lord, we thank you, uh, God, for allowing us to be here. God, each day is a gift from you, and we're reminded of that. Uh, Lord, as we go about our way in this mission field that is called life, God, let us reflect your love in everything that we do. Point others to the way, the way of the cross, the way of home. We love you. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week, everybody. Hi, good morning. This is Kelly. I want to take a moment to personally thank you for joining us for today's live stream. I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you. You know what? We would love to hear from you. If you're here today and you made a decision for Christ, or maybe you just have a simple prayer request, we would love to know about that. You can text the word prayer to 615-776-1807. One of our pastors will be back in touch with you if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. And let me say this, from your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, we have a place for you. You know, I believe that we're living in unprecedented times. People all around us are looking for sources of hope. And you and I, we both know where that hope is found. We have a God who loves us. And he wants to meet us right where we are. But you know what? He loves us too much to keep us there. So come and join us, whether online or in person. We would love to shake your hand, give you a smile, and do life with you here at Sunset Hills. Have a great week, everybody.